0: You're about to listen to the Meet Mediocrity podcast, season three, episode 21. My guest is, yes, the most frequent guest on the Meet Mediocrity podcast, my niece, one of my favorite people in the world, Alex Arroyo. But this time we're speaking about something completely different than our other episodes. Ready to hear more about that? Let's get started. Hello, hello. It's your host, Mediocre Mitch, and welcome to the Meet Mediocrity Podcast. Season 3, episode 21. My guest today is my niece Alex Arroyo, one of my favorite people, and I'm not going to swell her head by telling you all the reasons she's my one of my favorite people, but suffice it to say Alex is an incredibly fun person. She loves trying new things she's very open to different experiences, and she's also insightful about people. You see, not just in a personal world, but in her professional world as well. Alex is a human resources professional. She works at the same large accounting firm that I work at, and she really understands a lot of the career I don't want to call them dilemmas, but career inflection points, decision points that people who work in big companies have to deal with. So today, Alex and I have a really cool conversation where we actually explore work, work from employees' perspective and work from employers' perspective. Now, why am I doing a podcast episode on? HR and work. Well, if you watch the Meet Mediocrity vlog on YouTube, you'll notice that I've had several episodes talking about work. Fairly recently, by the way. I had an episode, and by the way, my YouTube vlog episodes are like four-minute videos, so not a lot of time required or required to be invested in, in watching them. But I did have a vlog about work where I, I told people to stay and be happy or leave and be happy. In other words, you're in control of your career. You don't have to stay if you're not happy. And you don't have to, and, 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 and you can always leave. But, but whether you stay at your current job or leave your current job, you should be happy. Then I had a second vlog a couple weeks later after contemplating the stay and be happy and leave and be happy video and i said to myself you know not everyone has the luxury of leaving not not some people have bills to pay or limited options in terms of leaving so sometimes your control your sometimes your happiness can't be controlled by whether you stay or leave I don't know if you heard that, but there's a wicked thunderstorm going on outside here right now. Anyway, some people don't have the option of whether or not they can stay or leave. Some people simply have to stay. They've got bills to pay. They have limited opportunities. And in those instances, my advice is consider deeply the cause of your unhappiness. And sometimes it's about being underled. Sometimes it's about being overmanaged. Anyway... That vlog I created as well. And, and upon creating those two vlogs, which you can find on YouTube, I said, hmm, I'd like to explore this a little bit deeper. Who can I explore this with? And of course, I thought of my favorite guest on the Meet Mediocrity podcast, my niece, Alex. Alex appeared in season one. Alex and I did a three-part episode in season two, and today... Alex becomes the first, and I shall say the only person other than yours truly, who will have participated in all three seasons thus far of the Meet Mediocrity podcast. So, without further delay, here's my conversation exploring happiness and expectations at work with my niece, Alex Arroyo. So Alex, thanks for being with me today.
1: I'm happy to be back. I think this will be the fifth episode that I'm doing.
0: This is the fifth episode, and so you you are the episode leader, Alex. You're also the only person to have an appearance in each of the three Meet Mediocrity seasons.
1: <laughs> I'm honored. I didn't even know that. Look at me. But the interest,
0: wow. The interesting thing, Al, is you know when I've had you on the podcast in the past, mm-hmm. it's been about like. Us and our personal relationship. Mm -hmm. But as you know, I have a Meet Mediocrity YouTube channel. Yes. And on the YouTube channel, I've done a couple of recent uh, videos about work. Mm -hmm. You,
1: Mm -hmm. being an
0: HR professional in your actual work job, could probably relate to a lot of the work messages that I, I did on my videos.
1: Definitely. I see a lot of different things every day.
0: I'm sure you do. So there are two, I'm going to give you two kind of morals to my videos, okay. and then we'll talk about kind of how they operate in real life. So moral number one, which was one of my vlog episodes, was when it comes to work, stay and be happy or leave and be happy. In other words, be happy. Right. So I'm sure you, we'll, we'll get into this in a little bit, but I'm sure you've had your fair share of people who don't. Worry about stay or leaving they're just miserable
1: yep you know and and listen, I might have been one of them at that point, <laughs> so I'm not, you know I where I currently work I am going on seven years in July so I've been there for quite a bit of time, and in that time I've done four different roles and the first role that I was in i I was very unhappy and I looked at myself in the mirror and my now husband was like, you're miserable. And I said, you know, why? And I didn't really think it was, I just really thought, I think what I was doing, I didn't particularly like, I didn't think it was the company's fault. It wasn't my boss's fault. It wasn't anyone's fault. It wasn't anyone's fault. It wasn't my fault either. I just didn't enjoy what I was doing. And I just couldn't see myself coming in day in and day out and doing something that I really was unhappy to do. So I said, all right, I really like where I'm working. This is a fantastic company. I have great benefits. I really like what's going on here. I like what they're doing. Let me see what my other options are here. And that's what I did. And now I'm, you know, seven years later, I, I, I'm happy. I love my job. I like what I do. I have fantastic coworkers. I have fantastic bosses. The company is still doing really interesting things with great benefits and all that fun stuff. But – it wasn't anyone's fault. It wasn't my boss's fault that I was miserable. Either I could have stayed in that role and been and been mis- miserable, or I could have stayed at the company and and you know found something that maybe was better suited for my personality and my skill set. And that's what I did. But it was it was up to me. It wasn't up to anyone else to kind of figure that out. So
0: you you stayed and were happy, but you didn't stay in the same role. So you, when you started, I remember this. <laughs> so you were a tax associate yeah you were doing a lot of number crunching
1: i was doing you know 500 page tax returns and it it just it wasn't for me and my dad said to me it gets better and i said dad this is never gonna get better i don't believe you and you know he works in tax right a lot of family members work in tax my brother
0: well your your dad is a sole practitioner right my father's a sole practitioner so we both grew up right. with sole <laughs> practitioner accountants dad. and when you work in a, a, a big accounting firm versus being a sole practitioner it's it's as different as like apples and golf balls it's completely right, different right.
1: it's such a different experience the one thing that I would say with working at a bigger firm rate, right, there's a, it's very regulated. There's a lot of, as we'd like to say, minutia. Right? Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. Admin. Goes, right. There's a lot of admin stuff that goes on with these, with these jobs. And I just, and it's such a different experience. And you know, my brother at the time was was in a different tax role than I was in. And he's like, it gets better. It'll be fine. I'm like, I, I, just, I just think we have different personalities and this is never going to be okay for me. And I think if I, I, I can't do this, so I applied for every single intern Role that they possibly had, and I, <laughs> and I, whoever wanted to take me, that was it. And I've kind of made my way, you know, worked my way up over so the you, last. So couple you, years. Me, you
0: meandered around, but here's the thing that's interesting: you took the stay and be happy thing. But you didn't just stay in your role. So you worked in a company that was gave you enough options mm-hmm. where you were able to explore things that were different than preparing 500-page tax returns, which, by the way, 500-page tax returns are pretty hard, <laughs> which means you probably got them all wrong, which right. means you had a lot of people criticizing <laughs> exactly. your work. Exactly. So, you ended up in HR, which is, which for those of people who know you, like I know you, Alex, this is so much better suited for you. You are a people person,
1: right? You know, so my undergrad was in teaching my masters is in accounting and I really feel that this role is the met, like the meeting of the two, right? It's it's really helpful to have an understanding of just accounting in general while I'm, you know, doing my job just because, the the practice that I that I work in, and you know the teaching aspects I I present to two hundred people, and I I prepare documents and meetings and organize things. And I think the teaching aspect and you know just forming rapport with people and connections. Um, I think the teaching aspect comes in there, so I think it kind of worked. Um, but that's because I took control of my life and I didn't kind of blame it on everyone else. I was like, all right, this is, this is up to you. we got to figure it out.
0: So we'll kind of come back to talk about stay and be happy and leave and be happy or leave and be happy in a minute. The other video I did about work-related things is this whole concept of understanding why your job isn't working for you. And I use the words being underled or overmanaged. Right. So, what I meant by that in my Meet Mediocrity YouTube vlog was sometimes people feel like they're not getting enough direction. They're underled. Like, what, what, what is the concept of what you want me to achieve? Not task related, but big picture related. So, underled. The other thing I hear a lot is overmanaged, like micromanaged. Um, in fact, the worst thing people can be is underled and overmanaged. Um, so I'm sure you've seen your fair share of people feeling like they're underled or overmanaged or both.
1: Right. And I think that there's a couple of different, a couple of different pieces to it. I think with the, 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 uh, overmanaged piece, you know, sometimes you have to take a step back and say, okay, okay. You know, do some self-reflection. Why? Why do I think I'm being overmanaged? Okay, is it sometimes people are who they are, and the manager or the director that you're working for—that's their personality, and that's kind of how they, they do things. They,
0: they, they, they're, like they're type nerv- A control freaks, right? Control they can't can yeah. help
1: themselves. Is that a factor? Yeah. Then there's the other piece: is what am I doing? Am I? Am I? forcing in a sense, these people to micromanage me because I am not executing on the role that I'm expected to be executing on, right? Am I not doing, huh. am I not producing the work that I'm being asked to do? Or I'm am I not leading the team or doing what is being asked of me? So the team feels that they need to do that in order to get the work product out of me. And, you know, I think that, you know, communication is key there. You need to say, hey, listen, this is how I'm feeling. I'm feeling like being really micromanaged. Why is that? Oh, well, you know, I, I am how I am. Okay. But if not, I need some feedback. I need to know why you're doing this. I, and I, and if so, it doesn't really work well for me. So you and I need to figure out a, maybe a little bit of a better way to work together so that I can feel like I have some autonomy and I'm, you know, I can kind of do what I need to do without you um, breathing down my shoulder about updating, you know, the project plan every four minutes. I'm going to get my work done. i know I, know I can and if you don't feel that that is such you need to have a conversation with me and let me know that because nothing has been communicated to me because that could be a piece of it right the performance may not be there and that may be why they're being micromanaged but it's up to the manager to let them know that
0: now what about the over what about the underled thing there are certainly there are people who are given almost too much space right and they're they don't know, they do not know they're like i don't have enough work to do right. or i don't know what i'm supposed to do what about yeah. those people
1: i think there's a Also a couple pieces, there could be a sense of like, we know you're a good performer and I think that you're capable of kind of leading this and figuring it out. So I expect you to do that. Like this is the, I'm expecting you to take this opportunity to step up into this role and do what you think needs to be done for the team. And then there's the, you know, the opposite type of, of director, the not type A that's like, all right, we'll figure it out. Like, you're on your own. Like, I was kind of, you know, I was told to do this when I was at this level, and now I'm kind of expecting this of you as well. Um, And I think a lot of people struggle with that. I think a lot, especially the millennials, they come from this culture of, like, they are told exactly what to do by whether it's their parents or whether it is their professors or whoever they may be that have no sense of like thinking for themselves and trying to figure things out and become solution oriented. So I think we need to kind of maybe probably meet in the middle a little bit and help, help them lead themselves a little bit while giving them a little bit, you know, of responsibility and autonomy to kind of, to kind of figure it out as they go along and make, make make mistakes if, if needed.
0: So millennials, you know, it's easy to kind of knock millennials. I think I am
1: a millennial. I'm not well, sure. You might be a millennial. <laughs> but but, here, but here's
0: the thing. Like, to me, the millennial issue isn't a millennial issue. Mm-hmm. The issue is that their bosses aren't millennials. True. And they have a different
1: work ethic and way of going about things in the way that they were raised.
0: It's also like their expectations from life. I mean- I'm not a millennial. My children are millennials, and I speak to my kids. And one simple example is my kids are form, far more interested in experiences than material things. Okay. And they're far more interested in getting experiences from work than necessarily, you know, a particular title or a particular. Um, amount of money. Now don't get me wrong. they like to have money and they like to have titles, but they like to have, they almost feel like it's in, they're they're entitled yep. to be given experiences. Mm-hmm. So do you see much of that in work? do you see do you see these this kind of millennial generation, if you will, expecting their employer to facilitate work experiences for themselves?
1: I mean, it's really unbelievable how often I see it. I, I, I'm so surprised, and I'm not that right that much older, you know, than some of my um, younger staff members. But there's this sense of okay, I did a year in this 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 market. I want to go try this, and can can you figure it out for me? Can I want to go try this? Can can you do? Can you do regardless it for
0: me? of their skill set? Right, regardless, regardless of their, of their sk- experience.
1: I'm a mean, year in. Make this work for me. Right. I'm a year in. I want to go I want to go do this. I said, "Okay, what's your background and your experience to, in that qualifies you in order to do a role like this?" Well, well, I I don't have one. I just want to try it out." And I said, "Well, you know, I think we should think about a plan that you and I can work on to help you gain the skill set that will make you be successful in a role like that because I think it's really going to be challenging in order for you to make a step like that, and I think part of that is just Getting your groundings in the role that you're currently in. Figure out the role that you're doing. You're going to get a lot of foundational skills in this type of role. But they just want to go into the next thing. They want to do the, the the cool next thing that they saw, and they know nothing about it. They didn't they do any research, it. no due diligence. They just think it's cool, and they think that they deserve to be able to do that.
0: So it's interesting. So the, so let's just say, for purposes, of, we're generalizing, and it's not really fair, but let's just say that there is a generation of younger workers who tend to expect um, career experiences to be facilitated for them, Mm -hmm. whether or not they have the skills or experience to be successful in those roles. There's also another aspect. And it's funny because yours truly mediocre Mitch (laughs) has had this problem throughout his career, Mm -hmm. which is sometimes we're in such a rush to get promoted That we are actually more interested in the title and the big kind of like congratulatory day, than we are in are we really ready for the next position? And so, you know, you're you you know, I know in your company you're getting close to the time of year. Usually, it's around mid year where you get promotions and raises. So, are you hearing anything about people like having high expectations for? their promotions or, or their op- their uh, their chances of getting promoted whether or not they're really ready for it?
1: Right. I think there's this sense, um, you know, typically people spend, I would say, maybe, you know, two, mostly three years on average at a particular role um, given the structure of
0: so it's like you're a staff the member, firm. then you're a supervisor, right. then you're a manager. Yeah, Ex- I got it
1: exactly. So there's this sense of if you get early promoted, right, in in two or two and a half years versus three, that you are, you know, that it's a badge of honor type thing. And I really think there's something to be said for kind of staying in your role and being really good at what you do. So the way that I look at it is, you know, in the first year, I'm kind of looking for you to figure it. You're figuring it out. You're just getting into the role. You know, you're you're getting your bearings. Your second year. I'm looking for you to get really good at your job. And that's when some people are looking to get promoted. So in the, in the time that I'm looking for you to get good at your job, that's when you're trying to get promoted. So I, I think it's a little, I struggle a little bit with that. And then in your third year, I'm looking to see you kind of being still great at your previous job while trying to step into that next role to get the promotion. But I think three years is a good timeline to really Get good at your job and do what you're supposed to be doing instead of rushing to the next thing. Because when you get to that next level, it is hard. Getting promoted is challenging. Every time you get promoted, the stakes get higher and higher and higher and more and more is expected of you. So you really need to know what you're doing at the lower level to do the next role because you're expected to do all the roles beneath you and the current role you're doing and I think that's hard, and I think it's underappreciated because people are so worried about the title.
0: There's two two things you just said there that I want to pause on for a second because they're really, really good. You probably didn't even realize you said something really good. So the first thing, whether it's three years or not, there's, I like there's three phases, whether it's years or more than years, three phases in getting ready for the next chapter. Let's call it chapter. Right. It doesn't have to be career. This I I'm equating it a lot to like high school or college, right? There's phase one is learn the job. See. Phase two is get good at the job. Phase three is get ready for the next job or the next chapter. Mm-hmm. And you've got people when when you when you skip one of those phases to get to the next chapter, you're setting yourself up for not being successful in the next chapter, right?
1: Yep. And you have to understand, once you get to the next chapter, there are, there are people that have been in the chapter for three or three years
0: before it's you. It's like being a freshman in college.
1: <laughs> right, it's like being a freshman in college and you're being compared to a senior. Yeah. It's just a different, it's just different and they have more experience you, but you're in that same pool as them and you're to some extent expected to perform at the same level as they are with potentially three to four years less experience. So it's It's challenging. So I think any potential experience that you can get to help you get to that level, you should take advantage of it. So like,
0: in other words, if you're like really, really smart 10th grader, you might want to stay in high school and take maybe advanced classes or maybe like study a little more rather than going to college and being like 14 years old and hanging out with 20 year olds.
1: Right. And, And what are you rushing? Like, take your time, figure it out, make sure this is what you like to do. Get involved in other things, you know, like make yourself more well-rounded, become the leader of something, start a group on your team, like do the things to make you a more like well-rounded person on your team that can make you more impactful. So you're really high performing. You lead, you lead this session and you lead this and you do this. And then when you're up for a promotion, it's like a no brainer. And you're like, this is the person I want on my team.
0: I love this. This is, you know, and I keep using this high school and college analogy, but it's so true. It's like, if you really are just crushing it in high school, let's just, I mean, high school as an example. You're, you're in 10th grade, you're 4.0, and like you can sleep through class and still get A's. So become like the president of a club. Take an advanced course. Take, take something you might not have studied before to make yourself even more well-rounded and more le- ready for the next thing for college versus saying, I can graduate now and go to college. It's the same thing at work. That's what you're saying.
1: Exactly, and there's be a
0: team leader, right? Tra- do some t- t- train, t- t- teach, teach a training exactly, course. Exactly,
1: exactly. And there's a there's a lot of cool stuff going on. And I think when we get into it, that's the stuff that helps. We work in a high performing culture. Most people, you know, like that's the reality of it. So that's the stuff that makes you stand out a little bit. Is is the extras? And I feel like that will really m- cause you to differentiate yourself.
0: You know, and Alex, this is not just true for accounting firms or law firms or like you know these quote unquote professional careers. Although I think any career you're you're professional, it's true for. I I mean, think about. I think about like sports, right? So you could be the most talented 18 year old hockey player in all of Canada, and if you get thrown into the National Hockey League with a bunch of 26 year old men you're likely to get your <laughs> ass kicked, right. And,
1: that's a, right. and like, that's okay. You kind of got to pay your dues work to get there. And like, that's okay. You got to put in the time and the effort and the harder you work and the more effort and time you put in, you'll feel so much better. You're like, I did this. I worked really hard to get where I am and look kind of what, what I have right now. Um, and I feel like you'll feel more accomplished in that way. And there's another piece to it, which, you know, I I want to get early promoted. Okay, well, what what, what did you do? Well, oh, I did this. Well, what's everyone else doing? Like, you could potentially be doing the same things that everyone else are doing, then they're not getting promoted. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes type things that... I think you need to take into account. You know, running a business, there's a lot of. You know, you got to think about a lot of different factors, not just here's what I'm doing. That's it. This is why I should get promoted. I think there's a lot of things to be thought about behind the scenes.
0: Well, so okay, this is really good because this is this is this concept of judging yourself without having perspective on everyone else. No concept. And people might sit there and they look at what, like, there are all these, like, websites you can look at to see what other people are, are doing, think they're doing. Like, well, I just saw on, um, like, oh, fishbowl. Yeah. Uh, at, least, at least in the accounting oh, profession. I guess it's true for other professions on fishbowl. Yep, bowl. I
1: think there's plenty of info on there. So you
0: could go on fishbowl and say, like, well, I know a manager does this and I do that, so therefore I should be promoted, when you don't realize what the people around you are really doing.
1: Right. They have no context in like I said, we're running a business and there's so many factors that go into the decisions that are made to help us successfully run it. You don't know the situation. You don't know exactly what happens. You know, they put salaries on there and bonus and some, I read some of it as someone who drives some of that. It's like, that's... That's just not, that's not true. So you want to make sure you have all the facts before you come to the table and say, D- I should do this because this, you need to understand some of the background information. Well, when
0: it co- so, so what you're saying, again, I'm putting words in your mouth, but I'm, I'm synthesizing some good thoughts here. What you're saying is getting promoted is not completing all of the boxes on a checklist because there's a time and place that the promotion is occurring. Mm-hmm. And that time and place has to coincide with a business that you're running. Correct. And so you have to sit there, like it's again. I use sports analogies a lot. Like <laughs> you could be like the best catcher in the minor leagues for the New York Yankees, but if they've got some great catchers already catching on the major league team, you're not getting promoted to the major leagues.
1: Right. And you know, unfortunately, or. You may not know that that person exists. You just you you don't know and you're yeah, kind of a little bit self centered in that sense where you have no concept and you're well, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, you're not always thinking about that that other person that you're It's Very multidimensional. Right. There's so many factors and there's so many different situations going on that I think sometimes people just have no just so struggle look, to fit- understand the, the full grasp of what's going on.
0: And, the, and the, the bigger point that we're raising here, and I heard this, so I'm an old guy now. So old. Uh, so old. <laughs> I have been in my career for 34 years. Mm-hmm. And I think I've been hearing this for about 34 years, but I'm only finally starting to understand it. And that is when it comes to your work career, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And, you know, if you sprint... The first three miles of a marathon—that is no indication of how you're going to do in mile 22. You might not finish.
1: You might not you finish. You might not
0: finish. Yeah, but if you train and you pace yourself and you hydrate and you take the right nutrition and you, you know, manage your 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 marathon, you will finish and you'll finish strong.
1: Yep, and some and some miles may be tougher than others, right? You're like, Absolutely. this was yeah. way harder than the three miles previous, but Everyone has a season, right? There's always kind of something that's going on, and you have to just stay the course and kind of figure out what works, what works best for you. And maybe it's that you know move internally, or it's that you know maybe it makes sense for that early promotion or whatever the long-term goal is. But you kind of like, there's no reason to rush it because you're going to kind of miss miss a lot that's going on.
0: You know, the same could be said for compensation. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there are a lot of there are a lot of people who including me, mm-hmm. I will admit it. Um, I'm an old guy, and I still worry about compensation, mm-hmm. um, which is ridiculous, but I do. People have no perspective on what they, what they should be making. No concept. Despite the fact, again, they, they will go on their, their websites, and they will do their comparisons, and they might interview for jobs at other companies and, and feel like they know how much they should be making. Mm-hmm. And they, A, they usually not right. And B, again, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So I was speaking to someone who I know recently, Alex, and I want to hear whether you've had any similar experiences to this. So, again, I've been around a long time, and I have a friend who's been around almost as long, and he was feeling at a dead end, and he was actually going to retire early. Now, he might go into a second career, but mm-hmm. it won't be the same thing. Right, And... I was reminiscing because he, he, he was telling me, he's like, Mitch, I think this is going to be my last year. It's a dead end for me. And, you know, there, there's, I, I have, I'm not well positioned to do anything more here. Um, I think I, I might be overpaid compared to some younger people. I think I'm going to have to call it quits after this year. And we started reminiscing and we were talking about back in the day when we were both like staff people. Mm-hmm. And we were both complaining about, you know, our raises, <laughs> <laughs> which, which I think, you know, we both thought we should have gotten like around $600 a year more than we'd gotten. <laughs> so it wasn't a lot of money for yeah. sure. And, and now here. We are, you know, 10, 20, 30 years later. And, you know, if he works for an extra month or an extra, let's call it year. If he works for an extra year, All of the raises are irrelevant. One year's worth of of, of extra income is worth all of those raises and all of those complaints combined. My point is that, you know, you're sitting there at an early part in your career thinking, you know, upset that you got a 3% raise instead of a 5% raise. And here you, you fast forward in the marathon analogy to, you know, 10, 20 years later, and it's completely meaningless. Yeah, it's
1: irrelevant. Do you hear
0: this stuff a lot?
1: Yeah, and I think I hear it pretty frequently. And I think the, what I struggle with the most when I try to have these conversations is that people are just not educated about the topic. And it's not their fault, right? This is what I, what I do for a living. But they come at you and they throw numbers and this and that. And there's no context. I saw this and I should get this. There's so many factors that go into the way that people are paid through their companies that you just it, it's you you need to just know the facts and you have to put things in the in the bigger scheme like you're saying like if you're coming to me complaining about you know a nominal amount of money or that you know you, you're not getting really promoted so you're going to miss out on x y and z i think you just need to put that context in the bigger picture and understand okay but if you but if you you know wait another year you'll get this and then you'll be able to experience this and then you'll get this and Maybe, yeah, maybe you didn't get that extra X amount of dollars, but you got to do all these other things, and I think in the long run that will pay off more than the the couple dollars in in your paycheck. And I just think that people need to take a step back and just – Think it through for a second. I, people are very reactionary, especially obviously when it comes to their finances. Take a step back, think it through. What is it? What does it really mean? Does it mean twenty dollars? And I'm not saying that's not a lot of money, but twenty dollars over, you know, the next year when next year could be, you know, exponentially more. If you just hold on for a second, just just think it through and make sure you have all the understanding and the facts and how things kind of work before you jump to conclusions. Um, and just educate yourself a bit on the topic and it could be challenging, but it's um, it'll be able to have a more productive and conversation. So, you know, but it's um, I think people in their mind feel like they're worth, you know, a certain amount of money and they want to make sure that they're being fairly paid. And I think that's totally fine. Just make sure, you know, you have all the facts when, when you do that. So you don't look like you're kind of jumping the gun there. People. So
0: there are two things I want to do before we wrap this up. Thing sure. one. I want to ask you about lessons you've learned in your career. Um, so, look back to the beginning of your career. Mm-hmm. What is a mistake that you made that you wish you knew better? A, let's we'll start there. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go to your, what, 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 how are you going to position the next move in your current career?
1: Something,
0: so, looking back.
1: Yeah, something that I wish that. I knew heading into, I guess, I guess not even, I guess my career, right? Because what I thought my career was going to be was going to be doing taxes. And I I think my advice to my, you know, seven year older self is it's okay to kind of change the plans. Like it's okay that I went there to do taxes and now I am, you know, a uh, human resources manager. I think that's totally, I think it's totally fine. It's okay to kind of stumble a little bit and trip and fall. But like, as long as you get back up, it's it's going to be okay. And so you didn't
0: feel super great about it at the I time. Felt, you were nervous about
1: it. I just felt like I had spent a long time. I had spent two and a half years getting my master's because I had to do so many credits for my undergrad. And then I went to go to do this specific job at this fantastic company. And I, I, couldn't, I, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. And I was like, this is what I came here to do. Why can't I do this? And I, and then once I went into recruiting for a little bit and then I've been on this, my current team for going on five years, I just like, once I took that role five years ago in August of 2016, it just kind of like clicked for me. And I like the second I took this role, that role, I got it. It all kind of like fell into place for me. And it's kind of been an upward trajectory for me since then. But if I wouldn't have taken that tax role where I was absolutely miserable and then I wouldn't have taken the recruiting role, then I wouldn't have gotten this role. But I needed to kind of fall on my face a little bit and to, to end up here and, and it's okay that I didn't do what I said I was going to do. Okay, so, so good. Okay. So, le- so
0: lesson this is a great lesson. So yeah. what you're saying, lesson 1 for people early in their career who feel like they're they're drowning or scrambling or not with it or not in a good fit. It's okay.
1: It's okay. You'll figure it out. And you have your family, your friends, you talk to people. And maybe it's not at the same company, right? I got fortunate. I was able to say, maybe it's at a different one, but like I started over and I didn't kind of figure it out right until I was, I was a bit older And, and that's okay because I ended up exactly where I was supposed to be. And I think if you ask someone who knows me very well. I am where I'm supposed to be. You are where like you're I'm, to be. I'm exactly. I know you pretty well. Yeah, you're exactly, I'm exactly where, you're supposed where to be. I'm supposed to be, and it just it works for me.
0: So now you, despite the fact that you're exactly where you want to be, mm-hmm. I also know that you're a pretty aspirational person. I am. Um, You are self motivated, and you want to get promotions, raises, more responsibilities. So how do you take the learnings you've had and the, the stories that you told us on this podcast? and apply it to your career whatever's next.
1: So, I think, you know, I've been in this role for quite a bit and I think I am making sure that I'm to a sense like a master of my craft, right? I want to make sure that as I look for a new role, that the role that I'm currently in, I'm doing the best I can possibly, I can do. I'm doing the best job I can possibly do so that people can see that like I would be ready for the next role. So, taking the advice that I give people like I am putting you know, I put in 110% to this current job and kind of where I am and focus on where I'm at right now while still trying to gain, you know, better leadership skills, better executive presence, all that stuff to step into the new role. But I want to make sure that I'm still doing well at my current job while I'm still potentially looking for something else. I don't wanna I can't let that I can't let that up because there's people relying on me and there's a practice that I help run. And I, I can't let that go while while focusing on trying too hard to get to the next step. So I like to think that my performance and the things that I do for my team kind of speak for itself, and that shows that I'm kind of ready to take on a new role because of how, you know, how well I run the team that I currently run.
0: So it's so, it's, so you're actually living the lessons we talked about earlier. Exactly. So it, you know, we talked about that that sophomore in high school who's a 4.0 grade point average and is really ready for college. You're probably ready for a promotion, but right. you're saying, look. There might be circumstances beyond your control. And in the meantime, you're going to improve yourself mm-hmm. and get the best out of your high school experience exactly. before you go to college. Right.
1: right. I'm, I'm probably the 4.0 student doing all the extracurriculars, and I'm just waiting. And I'm not just I'm, – I'm kind of waiting for the acceptance to Harvard. I don't want to go to the lesser school. So like I'm kind of just waiting it out and just like taking the right next step for me. And figuring out what that is, and not just jumping on the first, you know, college acceptance I get, and just, just I want to make sure I'm, I'm getting that, that role that I worked, I've worked really hard for. And for you're the not last getting down on
0: yourself during the waiting. No,
1: period. because I happen, I happen to, um, I really like the team that I'm on, and I love the people that I work with, and the, you know, my bosses are fantastic and super supportive. So I, I, I'm not so quick to give that up for just anything. So my next thing is going to have to be, you know, fantastic because that's what I have now. So, um, you know, I'm, I want to patient and wait it out and just make, make the right move for me.
0: Love it. So we're going to do a quick speed round to wrap this up. The speed round is I heard um, One two. Three, four, five principles okay. that we covered during the course of this conversation. I'm going to rattle off a principle. You're going to give me your first reaction, your first anecdote mm-hmm. towards it. Okay. And, the, and, and that's what we'll call it a wrap. So principle cool. number one, when it comes to work and mm-hmm. it comes to your career, mm-hmm. don't take things personally.
1: That happens. Right, my job is is called the people team, so that happens quite often. And I think that while I'm very concerned for all the people that are on my team, I'm also running a business and I'm helping my bosses run a business. So many of the decisions that are being made, we take you into account, but we also take into account that we make sure we can run the business business. as needed. So you know. some people, well, you know, they did this and that's because they don't like me. It is, I can almost guarantee 99.9% of the time, it is nothing personal. It is a strategic, thoughtful, it may even be a developmental move for you. Like, Hey, this person needs to see something new for their development. We're going to move them. And that that's the right move. So uh, there's so many factors behind the scene and most of its business, not personal, not right? Personal. We're professionals. That's okay. it. We're professionals.
0: So principle one, don't take it personally. Yep. Principle two out of five. Be your own advocate.
1: You, you have to speak up because some things, just, some things just go unnoticed. They fly under the radar, and I think it's really important. You know, Maybe you are ready for an early promotion, and maybe you did this, 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 and that, and... and that was unknown for whatever reason. So sometimes you need to say, hey, to the to the boss on your job, hey, I need to sit down with you because I need to talk about these three things that I've been doing on the job that you may not be aware of and I because I want to be considered for this promotion right now. So you need to kind of drive that for yourself sometimes.
0: Love that. So that was principle number two. Now, interestingly enough, if you asked most of the people who were my bosses in my career, mm-hmm. they would say, I have principle two nailed. I am my own self-advocate. Very good. Yeah. Here's what I might not be good at. Principle 3. Okay. Be self-aware.
1: <laughs> you know, I think especially um sometimes the lower levels people grow up in this participation award type environment where everyone gets a trophy for, for just showing up. And I think that there are quite a few people that think they're giving it 110% while their 110 is really 60% of what everyone else is giving. And they're a little bit not aware of their, their abilities and they need to take a step back and reflect and be like, what am I actually doing as compared to maybe my peers or my family, whatever it is. And I think you got to just, you know, really put some time and effort into thinking what's, what's going on. What am I doing? Um, because there's a good chance you could be doing even more than you think you're doing or there you could be could be doing a lot less you just think you're great because that's what your mom always told you that's the reality <laughs> of it
0: <laughs> okay so that's principle number 3 be okay. self aware principle number 4 out of 5 be aware of generational differences
1: <laughs> well that's kind of like you know ties in i think there's this the you know i think some of the higher levels are like we got to work hard put our heads down like let's get everything done and the the some of the lower levels like they just want to focus on, you know, being, you know, like, I want to be the best. I want to be great. Everyone always tells me I'm great. I'm doing this. So I think they, sometimes they struggle to, to work together and find a common ground. But I think that's where communication comes in. Like, hey, this is how I work best. Hey, this is how I work best. Let's figure out how to work together. Um, because everyone has to acclimate a little bit, like maybe you don't agree with how another generation does things, but to some extent we're one team and we got to get there to the finish line together. So we got to figure
0: it out. So staff person, understand where your boss might be coming from and boss, maybe you need to right. understand where your staff Right.
1: Like is maybe from. how you've always done things is how, is not how you should do them, but maybe they're being a little bit more difficult. So like, where can we meet in the middle to, cause this needs to get done. So where can we meet in the middle to, to get this done together?
0: So the fifth and final principle, something that I think both Alex and Mitch have done a very good job of, but I'm not sure others do, which is take control of your own career.
1: Right. so as I mentioned, I've done that and you know I, I have a, I had um, someone that was on my team that decided to leave because they felt that... Um, the person that they worked for was was precluding them from, you know, getting to the next level. And then, you know, years later, they ends up coming back because they realized it was not the case. It was kind of them not advocating for themselves and, you know, owning their career and, and driving it a bit. They realize it was no one else, no one's fault but their own. So they kind of had to take ownership of that and be like, all right, I'm in charge. I got to do what I got to do. And, you know, I, I realized it wasn't this person's fault, so I'm back and I'm, I'm ready to go. But I think that took a lot of self-awareness and courage and be like, yeah, no, it was and it wasn't them it was me and now and now I know that and now I know what to do differently
0: so this is great so at the end of the day um I've done a couple of YouTube vlogs on career management and you know it's you know it's part of wellness it's part of your life Mm -hmm. and Alex you know I like the perspectives you brought um I appreciate your insights and you know, who knows? Maybe we're going to have you back for season four.
1: All right. I better. I'll be, yeah, I'll be the only person that was in all four seasons. You're
0: already the only person right, in all, all three. three. exactly. I got to go to four. You're the only one. Thanks, Alex. No problem. All right, bye-bye. So there you have it. You can see that Alex is a, an insightful and actually quite rational and level-headed HR person. You know, I like the fact that she actually, I like the fact that she agrees with me. That, you know, A- your, your, your career is a, a marathon, and there are a lot of steps in that journey, and rushing to get promoted or making, or, or making yourself too high or too low because of a particular pay raise or non-pay raise are things that, that really are distractions from the bigger picture. Um, Alex clearly sees that, and our conversation today amplified those points, I think, in great detail. Um. Always have a great time uh, speaking with Alex. Always have a great time having her on my podcast. And I really appreciate having this kind of frank back and forth with her today about finding happiness in the workplace because we all work a lot. And whether your work is a paid career in a big company or as an entrepreneur... Or maybe you do housework. Or maybe you are working at building a business that isn't really making money yet. It's all work. Maybe your work is raising children. Maybe your work is doing charity work. It's still work. And finding happiness in your work is is a big part of finding happiness in your life. So I hope you enjoyed today's Meet Mediocrity podcast. And I hope you're enjoying the podcast overall. This is episode 21 of season three. As you know, I have 25 episodes in every season, which means after today, there are four episodes left in season three. Please continue to tell your friends to tune in to the Meet Mediocrity podcast. Please continue to tell them to check out the YouTube videos and to subscribe to the Meet Mediocrity YouTube channel please tell them to go on www.meetmediocrity.com, enter their email address to become a subscriber to our newsletter. So with all of that, thank you for tuning in. Please stay positive, stay healthy, and stay well. And take care, everyone. Have a great day. Bye-bye.